actually a huge part of my um, African music class because we were talking about appropriation and I don't remember how that song is related to appropriation but it came up. Is it made by white people? It might be or it was taken by white people I'm not sure I mean which. most things are. Yeah. Um, you're taking a lot of music classes. Huh? You're taking a lot of music classes. Like two. Okay. Klezmer and African? Music? Oh three. Okay. okay. What's the third one? Uh classical like okay. western classical well, no one really cares about that. yeah no it was not great <clears throat> i liked the experimental shit like people get really pissed off by uh uh i forgot his name but like he has a recording and it's just silence and it's the audience making noise mm. so that's that's the piece is whatever the audience is doing mm. it really pisses people off that is uh, reminiscent of uh, Tignotaro's stool bit. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, it is. Just dragging the stool and waiting for the audience to react. I feel like his name's John something, but I, I am not positive. He's white? Yeah, probably. Probably John, then. <laughs> it, it, well, no, I, I'm pretty positive. God damn it, the cats. One cat literally just shat, and now another one's trying to shat. Shit. <laughs> Shit, shot, shot? Ooh. Wait, what would shot be? I don't know. He shot in the, in the past? No, he shot. No, hold on. Past, past, present, future. Yeah. My god. We're just waiting for her to finish at this point. Oh, she walked out. She looks proud. Whoa, look at oh. her. Oh no. The cats are being cute, but also really irritating. I mean, so the cats. Yeah, no, basically. <laughs> uh, and speaking of cats, I am the cat who gets into a hissing match with the fish man, a.k.a. Caitlin. <laughs> and I am the weird moment when you see some, like, really good anthropomorphic art of, like, maybe, like, a, a dog person, like, a husky person, and you're just like, hmm... Am I attracted to that, or...? <laughs> well, we'll explore that concept. Yeah, let me say my name. Oh, wait, go ahead. Well, I guess it's already ruined. Dolly. Oh, shut up. <laughs> you see, it's just this white person always interrupting. Yeah? Rarely. Okay, sure. Rarely! Okay! Get it! God. Um, <clears throat> so what are we talking about today? We're talking about... I was gonna say film hoes, but that's that's who we are. Oh, we didn't even introduce the stinky podcast. <laughs> yeah, every every supposedly two weeks, one or both of us watches a movie we haven't seen before, and then gives you our perspective on it. Yeah, usually a film that's like 
Highly regarded. In some way. Or something that people have a lot of opinions about. And as two individuals with opinions, we And give internet ours. access. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're annoying. Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, so, so this week we got, we got Caitlin on the... The, uh, Shape of Water, which I've titled my notes, The Shape of This Dick, because I'm 12, but also it applies. Watching <laughs> a podcast as a 12-year-old? Uh, wasn't there a Mark Maron episode like that? <laughs> yeah. It didn't go Are you calling me Mark Maron? I don't know. (laughs) I think if anyone's Mark Maron, it's me in this relationship. Where's my drug problem? (laughs) Where's my rising like a phoenix story? Oh my god. He did rise like a phoenix. Did he? Kinda. He got his own Netflix specials. Okay, I guess that's true. That's money. That's a lot. That's that's Netflix money. Yeah. Netflix specials where he, he talks about being curious as to autoerotic asphyxiation because maybe he'll die during I think that's the appeal yeah no that is the appeal but then he's like absolutely not like he chickens out anyway (laughs) back to the shape of the stick yes um yeah me and my friends got to attend a screening in Hollywood where everyone's favorite T.O. um Guillermo del Toro uh, gave the introduction to the film. There was a showing before where he did a Q&A session, but that, as you might expect, sold out immediately. Um, but, yeah, so it was just released, like, this year, but also, like, probably this past week. <laughs> it's real fresh. It's freshly it's, caught. It is. Fresh caught fish fish stick. There we go. Instead of fish stick. Which could be a fish stick. It's true. On this fish stick. Oh god. Don't be such a fish prick. Okay. Uh it's already nominated for like I think six Golden Globes. Seven. Seven? Seven. Holy shit. That's impressive. Sorry, I had to burp. Um should have done it into the mic. No. Hot cake! (laughs) (laughs) The the day I do that is the day I will be slightly disgusted with myself. Just because I don't want to hear all the contours of my belching with this nice condenser mic. Like, I'm sure there are layers and, like, tones to it that I just don't want to know about. Like fish stick? Kinda, but I now now know about that (laughs) is the thing. All right. Um, so yeah, as I said, uh, directed by everybody's favorite to you, uh, Guillermo del Toro, and it's co-written by him and Vanessa Taylor. Um, it stars Sally Hawkins, Doug Jones, Octavia Spencer, Richard Jenkins, and Michael Shannon, your favorite white scary uncle. Scary uncle. Scary white uncle. Yeah. With the scary intense face. Yes. That's weirdly fish-like. I feel like he looks like a, like a pug. A little bit. Like, I'm charmed, but also, like, ooh, your eyes are gonna fall out. Well, of course, of course you're charmed, because he's like a pug in a Hawaiian shirt. Aww. And that's, like, your two favorite things. And, like, jorts. Yeah. And converses with, like, stripy socks. Yeah. He's a weird guy, ain't he? He's quite strange. Um, oh. I love him, though. Hey, look, we have a basket boy. Oh, we do. That shit's gonna fall. The, 
the cat is much too heavy for the cat tree. So enough about Michael Shannon. <laughs> Actually, one more thing about Michael Shannon. Okay. I, I showed you his Time for the Urn interview, right? No. Oh, well, when he was interviewed, I think the interviewer was saying something about, like, you know, what should you do with your relatives who voted for Trump? And Michael Shannon straight up told him to disown his relatives. And also something about, like, it's all these fucking old people who are voting for him. And it's actually, it's time for the urn. Like, you've, you've had your time. It's time for the urn. It's true. He straight up said it's time for the urn. <laughs> That's my uncle. Uh-huh. Um... So now moving on from Michael Shannon. Okay. <laughs> um, the intro that GDT gave, um, I don't remember all of it. It was pretty short, but and I was too starstruck by the fact that he was like up there talking. Um, but the origin idea for this film is. I guess as a wee small child, uh, he watched the creature from the Black Lagoon and went, but why can't the lady fall in love with the creature? Uh, he also, especially in this introduction, he introduced this as like a fairy tale for dark times, which I know he's been quoted as talking about in a few places. Um, he essentially, he went on this whole thing about how emotions the new punk, um, which I think I were to try to work into my, like, 2018 vibe, emotion is the new punk, as a emotionally challenged individual. Yeah, I wasn't going to say anything, but yeah. <laughs> you don't have to say anything. Everyone around me is emotionally challenged, and I'm like, could you just talk? No. About your feeling? God, no. Even just the one. That's too much. That's too many. Um, he was talking a lot about love and how he's so tired of the cynicism surrounding it. So, like, he was like, for example, if I stand up here and I'm like, I fi I'm 53 and I don't believe in love, you'll all go, oh, he's so wise. But if I go, I'm 53 and I fully believe in love, you're going to go, oh, how naive. <laughs> But he essentially decided, you know, he turned 50, it's two or three, I don't know which. Uh, he's, he's timeless. Yes. And decided, he, he has, he and Daniel Radcliffe, I feel, are eye twins. Like, and, and Elijah Wood, for that matter. Baby blues. <laughs> huge, huge baby blues. Uh, magnified by his glasses. Oh, cute. Yeah. Um... Also cute was, I, I told you this already, but I expected them to have a separate door for him coming and going, like some, maybe some backstage thing, but he came and went out of the same entrance slash exit as everybody else who was coming into the theater. So like the people who came in late and missed the intro then fucking had to stand aside for, or, or do that awkward dance of, are you going first or should I go first? Uh, through this entranceway with Guillermo del Toro. <sighs> He's the people's man. I'm 
I think he was still in the building afterwards. I wanted to find him and fight him, but I also didn't. Um, you never hurt him. <laughs> I know, but I, I, I might want to after this. Um, I almost cried. If it was like 30 seconds longer, I would have been bawling. But anyway, uh, he turned 50-something and decided to, you know, go fuck it and take creative risks. Uh, because, frankly, having a woman fall in love with, like, an anthropomorphic fishman is risky, because it's, it's not, it's not like Jennifer's body, for instance, where you understand, oh, yes, of course men would want to fuck that, mm. because she's still hot, despite being, that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> Refer to episode two of Film Hose. Uh, yeah. Or or just the entire history of of men making sexy monsters. Um he Yeah, ta- Fairy Tale for Dark Times. Um he was he was like, you know, these are very dark dark times and we're all or there's a lot of fear of the other, but ultimately we're all the other. Is a thing that he said. Um, and then he also said that the title makes reference to... He's basically saying love and water are the same thing. So water is... It, it can be destructive, but it can also be very healing. And that most of all it's enduring. So that, that ties in pretty heavily with the themes of the movie. Mm. Um, May I ask a question? Yes. What does he mean that we're all the other? I don't know, but I guess we're... I, I think... I think maybe I figured it out. Through... I'll, I'll come back to that. Okay. Because... Um, I think it has... I think it has to do with the politics of the film. Okay. But, um... Yeah. Uh, did you have... You had... Facts? Stuff? Uh, I'll, like keep, I'll keep talking. No, no, no. Okay, so <laughs> basically with the whole, like, uh, Guillermo wanting the girl and the, and the fish guy to get together, I'm like, wow, he was a baby furry. <laughs> um, or, or a scaly. A scaly, yes. Which, you know what? Do I respect? Maybe. It's him, so I kind of do. He's so sweet. Cats everywhere. Um... So, did you see his interview with IndieWire? I'm not sure. Okay, so, in an interview with IndieWire, Del Toro said, This movie is a healing movie for me. For nine movies, I rephrased the fears of my childhood, the dreams of my childhood, and this is the first time I speak as an adult about something that worries me as an adult. I speak about trust, otherness, sex, love, where we're going. These are not concerns that I had when I was nine or seven. Jesus. So that already sets a fucking tone. Yeah. No, it, it for sure does. When he said that, I was like, ugh. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And with the we're all the other, I think he's referring... I, I think he's trying to make the case that, like, there is no default and everybody's fucking weird. There's no default and also... We all want to fuck the fish. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Which... Wait, oh, do you have another fact? 
Doug Jones. Yes. We don't talk about Doug Jones. We're going to talk about Doug Jones. Yeah, Doug Jones instead of Mike Jones, but Doug Doug is good. Yeah, I I have, I I assume we have the same quote. Doug Jones, Doug Jones, bitch. Um, I don't have a quote for him. I just have like a little background being on him. Oh, I don't, but. You want me to start with that? Sure. Okay, so Doug Jones, born May 24th, 1960, so he's a Gemini? Yeah, I think so. Okay. <laughs> um, American actor, former contortionist. That explains some things. Big dude. Uh, that long ex- dude. That explains some things. Big long dude. Um, he works all the time with Guillermo. Okay. Apparently, really chummy. Um, I th- what did they? What did he work? Probably Pan's Labyrinth, right? Pan's Labyrinth. Ooh, Pan's Labyrinth, Crimson Peak. Uh, Hellboy, both of them. Um, he was also in Tank Girl, Hocus Pocus. Oh my god. Uh, he was a silver sur- silver surfer in the Fantastic Four. Oh my god. So yeah, he was in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Uh, and also, he is in Star Trek right now, Discovery, as Lieutenant Commander Saru. Shit. Yeah. So that's, he's... That's the giant, like, hooved guy who who has, um, he has, like, ten, like tendrils on his head that flare out when he feels threatened. <laughs> so I love him. Yeah. I love that character. I have nothing but the fondest memories of Doug Jones. I don't know why, but I think it's because he played the fishy guy in Hellboy. Okay. I and never saw Hellboy, so... Listen, I think he's just being typecasted at this point. Yeah. He, he, <laughs> was, he was saying something about how it was a nice opportunity to, to play the lead as a monster rather than, like... A, a side piece. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. There's just this long, gangly man yeah. who does well with prosthetics. Yes. And looks good in, like, a body paint. Yeah. Good for him. Love him. That's what. That's how I feel about Doug. Okay, yeah, I got a, I got a quote. Okay. Um, which I bring up because it was literally all I could think about the entire movie. Mm. So Doug Jones in an interview, he was talking about, um, you know, being approached by GDT to do this movie, and so he says, Guillermo was hesitating when he talked to me, so I asked what were his misgivings. He said, I know you're a good Catholic boy. I just want to make sure it's okay with you to play this. I asked what could possibly be the problem, and he goes, well, there's a fox scene. Not a sex scene. Not a, lo- not a love scene, but a-, a fox scene. My uncle Del Toro. I know. Though he sweet and soft. <laughs> is not the is most, vulgar. Yeah, he's not the most eloquent. <laughs> except for when he is. <laughs> um, which brings me to the one spoiler that I am going to provide they totally fuck. I, kn- I know... I know you were wondering whether this happens. Not ju- not you, but, like, people in general. And Universal you. Yes. They fuck. Multiple times. Not particularly graphically, but you, you do get a description of how fish dick works. Um, which is very visual, so I'm not going to attempt to describe it. Okay. Um, uh, imagine you're playing that game where you where you where you have like the little beavers coming up from the holes and you oh no. on the head. <laughs> whack a mole. Whack a mole. So imagine it's like a game of whack a mole, 
So fish stick is like a singular whack-a-mole. Yeah. It emerges from a from a cheesed hole. Let's let's move on. Sheathed hole is not a thing I ever wanted to hear. Well, you heard it here first, folks. God. Alright. Um, should we go to the synopsis? Fucking do it. Alright. Uh, it could be described as starting off as, like, slice of life. It could, because... So it opens on Eliza Esposito. Um, she's mute. She works as a cleaning lady in a lab. Um, she has a very particular morning routine, which involves boiling eggs, um, masturbating in the tub while the eggs boil, um, shining her shoes, and arriving late to work to the eternal annoyance of um, Zelda, who is played by, by Octavia Spencer. They're work buddies. They've been working together, or they've known each other for like 10 years or something. And Zelda always holds her spot in line to punch in her card so that she's not late. And everyone behind them is like, oh my god, like, <laughs> let her be late. <laughs> so, right off the bat, we already know she's a waterfucker. Oh yeah. Um, and actually, I was talking to my friend about why that, why the, the jerking off in the tub is a recurring thing. And my friend was like, well, I think it's a device to set up the fact that She's already a sexual being outside of the fish. Like, the fish didn't awaken anything in her. It was already there. She's already a waterfucker. Yep. As opposed to a waterbender? Yeah. Waterfucker. Yeah. Which, also, um, A, the movie opens with a literal wet dream, because she dreams that she's underwater. Uh, but also, also, um, she's later revealed sometime in the- in, in the movie to have been an orphan. Um, she was rendered mute by some kind of accident and she was found by the riverbed. So we don't know what happened there. So she's... <laughs> okay, come here. Come on. come on. She'll figure it out. What were you going to say, though? Um, so she's like the Prince of Egypt. A bit, yeah. Yeah, actually. Baby in a basket? Except it turns into water eroticism rather than becoming a prophet. And plagues and fires right, and bugs. Right, It could have, you know, the difference between men and women. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't do Moses like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's... She's work buddies with Zelda. Oh god, the cat's been cute. Oh, uh, she oh no! What? You crazy. Mo- okay, okay, well there she goes. Um, and then her best friend is uh, her neighbor named Giles, unless it's Giles. I'm gonna say Giles. How's it spelled? G I L E S. Think Giles. Okay. If there was a U, it'd be different. And that would be Giles. That would be Giles? Yeah. Oh, white people names. That's not a name. That's just a word. <laughs> no, because there's a Street Fighter character. Oh. Named... I don't know. <laughs> She's tiny. <crying>. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, he's he's gay. He's got a crush on the pie dude. Oh, tell me about it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Daisy, pushing Daisy's crossover. No, it does have a very pushing Daisy's vibe, mm. but the the pie man is certainly no Lee Pace. Ah, oh, boo. I know. So, yeah, and he's also like a he draws ad copy, I guess, like, mm. um, sort of semi-employed and that he was laid off but still does work for the company he was laid off by or tries to oh, okay yeah it kind of sucks it's sad yeah um so anyway this whole like slice of life morning routine cleaning routine go get a disgusting pie routine because your best friend doesn't know how to flirt on his own um routine is disrupted when um Eliza and Zelda are in the lab while the acid is delivered. I'm sorry, I'm going to stop you right here. Uh-huh. You've been saying Eliza wrong. Have I? Eliza! Oh, my <laughs> <laughs> And the acid. I... The fishy sisters. I can't believe... You're not even the Hamilton hoe of this duo. No. Okay. <laughs> All right, great. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the acid's brought to the lab. It's he, AKA the fish guy. He's in a giant tank. Eliza's instantly curious. Um, and also instantly seems to decide to want to fuck the fish. Like, there's never any equivocation about it. It's just instantly, I'm going to seduce that. Listen, many perks. Many a perk. Probably fucking a fish. Possibly, yes. Looped. Oh. Yeah, slippery. Yeah. Nice glide, probably. No pregnancy scares. No pregnancy scares. And if so, could do a whole thing where it's a seahorse. Oh, fuck. Carry, you carry the baby. <laughs> fuck that noise. God. It's 2017. You carry the baby. Oh, wait, no. That's supposed to be in the Cold War. Yeah. Yeah, it's so. it's like early 1960s, late 1950s, which I honestly, it's such a grimy setting that I couldn't tell, but I'm also pretty oblivious Un- until like um, civil rights footage was being shown on TV and I'm like, oh, that's what time we're in. <laughs> um, well, and then Russians what did, also. What did Kate say? Like a heavy blue-green tint? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, it, it, what, uh, Pushing Daisies is to, like, very bright and quirky coloring. This is to, like, almost Hell's Kitchen-y, like, by, by which I mean as shown in Daredevil and not the Gordon Ramsay show. Um, or, <laughs> consider this... <laughs> That the that would end very differently for the fishman, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. So the purpose of the asset becomes apparent. Um, fish guy was forcibly taken from the Amazon, where he was worshipped as a god, in order to do tests on um, basically whether he could be useful in sending somebody to space, since he can breathe both on land and in water. Basically, whether he can be an asset against the Soviets, because, of course. Right. Um, Michael Shannon, I forget his character's name, so he's just... He's Michael Shannon. He's just Michael Shannon. Full name. Yeah. 
um, he's immediately introduced um, as embodying like an absurdly over the top and accurate kind of white American masculinity. Mm. Mm-hmm. So he's he's the military man. He's the wife and two kids and a white picket fence. But also, I'm gonna try to sleep with my secretary type. He, he madman essentially, but uh. like concentratedly evil and sadistic. Uh. Yes. So like you know, men. Yeah. And, and white men in particular. Yeah, white men. Um, so, yeah, and his introduction scene is actually kind of hilarious because uh, basically Eliza and Zelda are, are cleaning the men's bathroom and Zelda's like, how do they manage to get pee everywhere? Like, the top minds in the nation and they still piss on the floor. Um <laughs> And then he fucking walks in, and he's like, oh, don't mind me, blah, blah, blah. He washes his hands before he takes a piss, for some reason. And then pees with his hands on his hips, thus answering why there's pee on the floor. Uh, yes. Why? I don't know. Uh, well, and then, and then, when, because, you know, they were setting up towels by the sink. Towel? Yeah. <laughs> It's it's what she calls the cat for He's for reference. Eliza's setting down towels by the sinks, and so like when Michael Shannon's done taking a weird piss, <laughs> where like he does not seem to care what he's hitting because he he like even turns and like gestures and shit, and like you can hear the stream hitting like yeah. other things. Um. Uh, he, she's like, okay, you want to wash your hands? I, in, you know, gesture form. Um, and he's like, oh, no, no, no. A man only washes his hands before or after. Not both. That points to a weakness in character. Or fucking, like, dick hands. Yes. He's not very sanitary. Um, but Zelda refers to him as Mr. Peas with my hands on my hips. I mean, straight to the point. It very so. Very much. Um, so obviously the fish guy's treated terribly because this is a U.S. experimental institution in, during the Cold War. And Michael Shannon's a fucking sadist in this movie. Um, but he does bite Michael Shannon's fingers off. Ooh. Right. Thus cementing the really gross hygiene thread happening here. Uh, yeah, because they get reattached, because Eliza finds them. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they basically, she and Zelda are trying to take their lunch break, and, like, one of the lab guys is like, nope, you, you got it, there's so much blood, come come clean this uh, up. Yeah. Um, so, it's, uh, somewhere in that interaction of them being in the lab, cleaning up all the blood, and Eliza, re you know, seeing how terribly the fish guy is being treated. Um, she starts up this routine of, like, communicating with and comforting him. Um, she brings him lunch. So she starts bringing, like, extra boiled eggs to work um, mm. to feed to him and, like, put on the side of his tank. Yeah. Uh, she brings, like, a phonograph and records to listen to. He happens to be 
really adept at learning sign language, so they signed to each other. Yeah, I was just about to ask. I was like, how are they communicating other than action? Yeah, it's it's he he picks up on signing. Do you know if uh, the actress who plays Eliza, who's also going to be in the Paddington movie? Oh my god, she's in the first Paddington movie. <laughs> uh, do you know if she already knew sign language, or did she have to learn? I'm not sure. I'm sure she probably had to learn. Mm. Um, I gotta sign a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so you'd probably enjoy this movie. So I'll probably just, you know, sign with the movie. Because <laughs> no one around me knows how to sign. Yeah, you could. <laughs> just like me sitting in front of the TV. The egg is brought up a lot. I don't think I know the sign for egg. Well, you're gonna learn. I'm about to learn. Yeah. Um, so one of these times where she spends her probably not lunch break but some kind of time with the fish guy in the abandoned lab um one of the lab guys walks in on it this guy is dr hofstetler he turns out to be a russian double agent right but he's fascinated by this and so then when he goes to report to his um bosses essentially He's like, okay, so yeah, like this thing could be really useful, but also it knows how to communicate, and I have reason to believe like it's super intelligent. So make sure you pass that on. So, arrival. Pretty much, but yeah, no, exactly. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Which I, yeah, I've got some more comparisons later. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so he he clearly has taken a shine to the fish. Mm. Um, Eliza at one point gets stuck in the lab when like Michael Shannon's boss general so and so um, arrives and basically plans are made to kill and dissect the fish to learn (sighs) what they can from it why how could you learn from something that's dead from from the anatomy I guess yeah but like I know Cause and also like it's dangerous, but it's dangerous because you're poking it with a fucking shock stick. Yeah, I was gonna say, you think he bit off your fingers because he's happy? You fucking stole him. Exactly. <laughs> like. I'd be pissed too. Exactly. Um. So, Eliza, on hearing this, she makes her own plan to rescue and smuggle him out of the lab. Cute. Right. Um, she tries to convince Giles to get in on this. Um, and Giles is like, it's a fish. Like, this isn't even human. What What are you doing? What the fuck? I'm, that's the government property. Like, what's happening? Um, and she basically, she gets very physical with him. It's pretty funny. But she forces him to repeat what she's signing. And so she says something to the effect of, he does not know how I'm incomplete. He sees me as I am. And that's why she's in love with the fish. Uh, I know. Uh, but Giles is still unmoved. Uh, so so he, he my goes... My eyes are watering. No. Oh, that's no. beautiful. It is really beautiful. Oh my god, am I crying right now? I think... Uh, yeah. <laughs> no! I haven't seen the movie and I'm crying. You need to see this. Stupid uncle. <laughs> um, this is the shape of my water. Oh, God. Yeah, it's tears. tears. Salt water. 
It's salt water in this too, so you're you're not off brand. Where's my sexy fish man? Oh my god. <laughs> Your boyfriend's gangly enough. <laughs> he knows how to swim. I don't. Yeah. Uh oh. Well, that's gonna end poorly for you. <laughs> um. Yeah. So Giles is initially unmoved. Uh, goes to go pitch his ad copy and gets rejected. Stops by the pie shop for a little pick me up. <laughs> right. Um, a little dick me up. <laughs> He wishes. Um, and first witnesses, or first, he he tries to make his motivations apparent to the pie guy. Mm. Pie guy flips. Oof. Because he's like, oh, I'd like to get to know you much better, and puts his hand on his hand. And pie guy's like, what the fuck? This is a family establishment. You need to get out of here. And then a black couple walks in. And Pie Guy screams at them, like... Oh my god, Pie Guy, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, the restaurant is empty. And he's like, no, you can't sit at the counter. And the lady's like, um, it's empty. And he's like, you have to take order takeout. You can't eat in here. Okay, bye. So Giles is like, you don't have to treat them like that. And Pie Guy's like, you gotta get out of here, too. Because, again, family restaurant. You're, we don't serve your kind, essentially. Um, so after witnessing discrimination and then being discriminated against, he, like, runs to Eliza's apartment and is like, all right, we're freeing the fish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then Hofstetler separately gets his own Russian instructions to kill the fish himself and dispose of the body so that, um, the Americans can't learn from it. He's super conflicted about that, as you might expect, because ultimately he's a scientist and he has major respect for this anthropomorphic fish guy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and what what can be learned from him alive mm-hmm. and well-treated. And how to fuck it. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, so I'll, you know, stop there with the, the multiple plots to either <laughs> kill... Or rescue the fish. God damn it. Thanks for nothing, towel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll stop there in the interest of not spoiling anything beyond they fuck. Um, to get into the, dis- into the discussion, um, politically speaking, since it's set in the early 60s, um, civil rights are super present, as you might expect with the mm-hmm. segregation scene. Mm-hmm. Um I'm personally undecided on the use of a different species as a stand-in for the other, because that kid easily gets weird. I don't like it. Yeah. it it. I think it's successful in this case, because other forms of bigotry are shown. It's mm. not just like, it's the 60s and everyone's treated the same except for this fish guy. Isn't he weird? <laughs> this weird fish man. Yeah, that's why I was like... Confused at the beginning when you were like, we're all the other. And I was like, in what sense is he using that in relation to the movie? Right. I, I'm i still thinking about that. Mm-hmm. But, um... Because we're shown different types of other. otherness. Yeah, because literally... And Eliza. Exactly. You, your, main, your main crew is a mute Latina, her gay neighbor, a black woman, and a well-meaning Russian... And then a fish guy. Well-meaning Russian. He, he's a well-meaning Russian. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it was success- successful because you do see that other bigotry. 
Um, Michael Shannon's a dick to everybody, essentially. White man. Yeah. 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 Well, so he says something about your, your people to Zelda, and then uh, also says something funky about uh, Eliza's disability. Or, no, fetishizes it because she doesn't talk. Right. Forgot about that. Um, yeah. But because of that, and because... I guess, like, um, I hate that this is the only way I can explain this. There's a clickhole article <laughs> that was, like, five lefted, or five, um, five problems of prison privatization that could loosely can be considered, uh, left-handed struggles if that's the only way to reach you. And it's kind of like that, where, like... I'm gonna wait for the Yeah, cat. I was gonna say, yeah. let's wait. Hold on. Okay, we're back because the cat finally stopped shitting. So, so thank you for being patient with us. Yeah. Um, she just had to go. Um, for like two minutes yeah. straight. <laughs> I think it was, might have been longer than that. It probably was. Uh, anyway, yeah. So the cast is all others, and the villain. Um. Is toxic masculinity ultimately, but specifically white toxic masculinity. Exactly, and I'll I'll come back to that, but um, GDT seems to denounce like social or political apathy through oh. through guiles specifically. GDP. <laughs> Gross domestic product. The cats are fucking losing it. So if there's an earthquake in the next two days. Y'all heard it here first. Um, yeah, through Giles, um, he denounces, like, apathy. So, at one point, Eliza turns on the TV, and it goes to the news, um, and it's that footage of the black... <laughs> she just fell off the cat tree! Yeah, we... we we got. <laughs> oh, do you feel shame? She should. I'm sure she does. Cats really do. Um, Sorry, continue. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the news comes on. It's the footage of the black protesters being sprayed with fucking fire hoses mm-hmm. and getting attacked by dogs. Um, and Giles immediately is like, no, 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 change that. Like, change that awfulness. I don't want to see it. Mm. Right. And so she changes it to they are almost always watching old Hollywood movies. Mm. So that's what she changes it to. Um, And then, you know, Giles also, he refuses to help bust the fish man out of his lab until he himself is discriminated against. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's the point that I forgot because the cat was shitting. Um, so the click hole article. Oh my god. Yeah, this is nuts. Um, the click hole article, f- five, you know, problems of pr- prison privatization that could be loosely considered left-handed struggles if that's the only way to reach you. This is. An entire history of dehumanization as told through a fishman, if that's the only way to reach you. Yep. Um, and it's... It, it eventually reaches Kyle's. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a reach around? I think he wishes. Okay. 
Well, it's only being considerate if it's... Right, right. You know. um, it, it could also be read as, like, a love letter to as well as a condemnation of old Hollywood, because again, those, those movies are constantly playing in the backgrounds of scenes. It's kind of how Eliza knows how to communicate love is through those movies. Um, but it's also really apparent how much it doesn't reflect the world that they're living in. Cause the cast, you know, it's shiny, shiny white people. Shiny. Shiny white people. Um, and also, for Giles especially, it serves as like a form of escapism where he can go, no, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see that. Yeah, exactly. So that is definitely it's, addressed. Yeah, it's like when all those white people came out of the woodwork after Trump was elected and they're like, he is the reason why I'm politically active now. Right. And I'm just like, it took you this fucking long, you cracker ass bitch? Like... <laughs> Really? I know. I shouldn't be surprised, but jeez, Jocelyn, I am. I know. I I think I had to film like a little short bit on why I joined a uh, political organization that will go unnamed. Um, but I essentially said, like, I didn't join because of Trump. Trump just removed, like, the, the privilege of me not having to act. Mm-hmm. Because so many people in that group are like, yeah, Trump got me active. And I'm Don't like, give him that fucking. I'm like, like, this shit needed to be done beforehand. I had the privilege of not participating in it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, it's, yeah, the, the primary villain is white masculinity and it's reliance on dehumanizing everybody else. Um, it's a direct combination of toxic white masculinity, because uh, Michael Shannon and his boss are the most macho of macho white dudes. Mm. Um, like Del Toro really nails the brand of like white American machismo, um, and I, I know machismo usually refers to like Latino men, but let's be real, like white dudes definitely have a machismo going on. It's Mm. just different. Um, So, yeah, it's a condemnation of white masculinity and the fact that it relies on dehumanizing everyone else to prop itself up. Mm. Mm. Um, It's a combination of capitalism, imperialism, and bigotry. It's a really spot-on parody of, like, family dynamics and attitudes of the early 60s but also like things that have kind of carried over from that so like the the washing your hands both times points to a weakness in character Uh, it just it feels very like wellness culture to me (laughs) (laughs) and that might be me reading too much into that but like it, it assigning like some kind of moral attribute to a behavioral practice, like hygienic practice, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is is so wellness culture to me. <laughs> what cleanliness is next to holiness. Yeah, um, or you know the, the the whole morality that's assigned to different kinds of food and whether or not you exercise and whether or not you go hiking and, and kill bitches. Exactly, and whether or not you go to your spin class at least three times a week. What are we spinning? 
Yourself. Records? The stick. Hot tracks? I wish. Dicks? Yeah. Ooh. No, stop. Um, <laughs> um, the, the other uh, comparison I had with this and Arrival is I wrote, um, maybe it takes a Mexican filmmaker to comment on U.S. relations with Russia in a way that doesn't stereotype the Russians while also uplifting the U.S. as the superior nation. Because we have seen how Dennis, whatever the fuck, French last name, does that. We've seen how it works out with Canadians. It does not work out. Um, both, you know, the U.S. and Russia are portray- portrayed as um, brutal and you know, ruinous as a result. Um, so yeah, uh, in terms of like what worked and what didn't, it super worked for me. It's probably my favorite of Del Toro's films mm. because I haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth since like I was probably too small to be watching Pan's Labyrinth. Same. We should watch it. We should. Um, uh, I honestly felt kind of lukewarm about Crimson Peak and Pacific Rim. Um, but I know a lot of people felt differently. Specific Rim. Yeah. Specifically. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm excited for Specific Rim too. Yeah, same. Because John Boyega. Yeah, yeah, he's so cute. Um, other people have reported the opposite, um, saying that they felt really distanced and emotionally uninvested. Um, but to me, it, it seemed like a very human film. Mm. Um, it felt like... The the setting, too, was really immersive. Um, like I've described, like Pushing Daisies meets a series of unfortunate events because mm. it's that kind of like exaggerated grime Mm-mm. and drab. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's he said it's his like first film where he's venturing into his like adultness. Yeah. So. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that. That's why it's your favorite because it's like less about small child fears and more about the crippling fear of being in love well well yes but uh, that's probably also why I like Pan's Labyrinth is because even as a kid I appreciated the like Civil War Mm. Spanish Civil War like backdrop it was a very uh, like a like an orange tint film I think so yes Crimson Peak was like a blue toned red yes tinged film yeah Pacific Rim, like a, I wouldn't say it's really tinged. It's it's blue, if anything. It's saturatedly blue. Yeah, but that's all I've got. Um, do you have anything you want to ask or add or? Um, no. I mean, I was. No. Oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> so. I mean, how do we feel about the "We're All the Other" comment? We're all in this together. Da, da, da. That was beautiful. Thank you. I don't know the lyrics. It's one of my least favorite songs. Yeah, well, it's it's not great. Listen, I don't dance. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Sharpay and Ryan. Anytime they duet. Yeah. Stunning. (laughs) When it's a group number. Not great. Couldn't care less. Boring. Um. So now that you got my opinions about High School Musical track. Which is really what this podcast is a vehicle <laughs> Honestly. for. Honestly, I just recently we watched all of them with Chase, and I was like, "Wow, I love this. <laughs> Why don't people love this more?" Oh my god. Um, 
I guess. Um, okay, so you asked me about how I feel about the the other thing. Yeah, now that I've explained it. Yeah. I guess for me, it would come down to watching it and experiencing it yeah, for myself. I'm sure. Because again, like, as a brown girl, yeah, I've had the other. I've experienced the other told through films by, you know, being like an animal. Yeah. Zootopia. Yeah. <laughs> Which did a really crappy job of it. Yeah. But white people, crazy for it. Yeah. And not to, like, doubt your judgments, but it it seems like I would just have to watch it. No, I, I agree. And I still something I'm hesitant about, like... My saying it's, I think it's successful is, like, in comparison to other things mm. that I've seen. So, like Zootopia, like Mass Effect, especially. Mm. Oof. Yeah, like, I don't know. It could be one of those things where, like, having seen, like, for Giles seeing that the black couple was discriminated against. And, like, having the instances where you see, um, you know, black people getting closed down. Yeah. With, like, fire... Yeah, and, and Zelda yeah. continuously being, like, talked down to by mm-hmm. Michael Shannon. Because she's black. Yeah. Uh, a black woman, specifically, who's doing manual labor. Yeah. So there's layers to Zelda, really. Um, yeah. It, if it was, like, just one of those things, a one one instance, it'd be tokenizing. Exactly. But since it's, like, seems to be a pretty steady... Yeah, it's very consistent. Thing, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'll let you know. Cool. Yeah, because, yeah, like, I'm honestly still unsure how I feel about that device in general. Mm, yeah. It's, again, historically, it's always been, like, the other as portrayed by an alien. Right. Or as uh, fish dick. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> Or as um, inherently hyper-violent alien race. Mm. I'm thinking both Krogans and Klingons. Yeah, so it's very, like, I'm just wary. Yeah, no, rightfully so. Because it's like, how many times can I deal with the fact that my humanity is being portrayed as a literal non-human thing? Right. And maybe it helps that, like... You know, the the fish guy is not human, but he has all the qualities of a person. It's just that he's a fish. Yeah, he lives in the water. Yeah. Um, yeah, so definitely let me know what you think. Because while I feel vaguely okay about it, and while I trust Guillermo del Toro, and while he is Mexican, he's also still a white dude. Yeah. So... Baby blues. Yeah. He's... Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, that's all I got, though. Alright, well... Thank you. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> to... An hour of fish fucking. Yeah. Hey, how come no one responded back to the last podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Laid my heart out there. I, I think we need a fan base before that happens. Shitty. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter at, at Don't even find us if you're not going to talk to me. Oh my gosh. 
Um, that would be F-I-L-M-E-H-E-A-U-X-S. I'm going to block you immediately. Uh, our website is filmhose.com, spelled the same way. Uh, SoundCloud is uh, soundcloud.com slash film dash hose. Uh, and uh, yeah, rate and review us on iTunes if the spirit moves you, because that's how other people find the podcast so uh catch you on the flip side yeah. Finn. Finn.